from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. What's up, everybody, and welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. We're in the Cafe Kubal Travel Studios here today as we are here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets that thing called life. I hope you're having yourselves a tremendous, tremendous night, and I apologize for being a little bit behind today. We have a little special that's going on for you. We got some things being set up for tomorrow. And we have a very special interview that's going to be coming your way. And I can't tell you who it's with. I can just tell you it's special, and I can tell you it's going to be awesome. So I'm really excited for that, really excited to uh, have that set up here with you. So this is the eve of ACC kickoff. I'm very, very much looking forward to this here in Central and Upstate New York. And there's a lot of cool things to uh, take a look at. But like I said, we're inside the Cafe Kubal studios here on wake up call with dan tortora where sports meets life you can tune in live typically monday through friday from 9 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time on youtube.com facebook.com and mixlr.com all backslash wake up call dt as well as on facebook.com backslash live now dt and on a wake up call dt.com so make sure you're connecting with wake up call with dan tortora where sports meets that thing called life at all times so i definitely appreciate you being here and very much looking forward to acc kickoff as we are here in a very unique time period with the acc right you know the acc is in a place right now where they have to figure out who they are they have to figure out who they are and what they're going to do and how they're going to go about the future of their conference and who would have thunk that we would be here today talking about an ACC that you know needs assistance an ACC that is trying to figure out where to go next what to do next will they be poached will somebody come after Clemson and Florida State and potentially North Carolina and Virginia Tech and maybe Louisville or you know the likes of Miami you know, there's a lot of schools that could be enticing inside of the ACC and in the world that we live in today of realignment. It doesn't even have to make geographical sense to do something like this. So, you know, it's kind of open season right now. And, you know, as as we step forward and we step into this ACC kickoff, the, the questions are going to be there, right? And they're going to be looming in the background, whether or not they're even stated, they're going to be there with us. And those questions are going to be, you know, what's going to happen next, right? What is the plan? And where do we go from here? Where is the ACC going to go from here? What is the next move that they're going to make? Are they going to make any moves? Are they just going to, you know, sit and wait? Now, the 2036 year is when the grant of rights is up. And if you don't know about the grant of rights, I talked about it. And uh, definitely had a, had a good time speaking with Carl Haywood from CSRA Press Sports, who has covered the Atlantic Coast Conference as well as Georgia Tech. He's been covering sports for over four decades and uh, definitely has a wealth of knowledge. Go back and watch and listen to that show on YouTube.com and Facebook.com backslash DT. and also be added to all of our podcasting platforms so you'll be able to pick it up on Audible, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts, MixLR, TuneIn, Podbean, Podvine, Player FM, Spotify, Stitcher, and YouTube. All you have to do is search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora or one word, Wake Up Call DT. Definitely check out what Carl Haywood had to say, and we're going to make sure that we put that up for you so that you can definitely tune in to that. But we got into it, right? We talked about the Iran rights, and essentially, it's, it's great for ESPN, and it's horrible for all the teams inside of the ACC. Now, do they get on television thanks to ESPN? Yes, but as Syracuse fans you know, can attest to, and it being my hometown, I get to hear from them a lot. 
you know, the games are hard to see and it's, it's obstructive to their viewing pleasure. So, you know, for Syracuse fans, the ACC network has not been ideal. ESPN plus has not been ideal. And now, you know, they're, we're looking at the situation of the grant of rights and saying, oh, well, you know, they get to share money and the school gets money, and that's all well and good. The school gets money, but the fans are suffering. And living in Syracuse and not being able to watch a Syracuse game sounds idiotic, but yet it's our truth. And, you know, we live in that every single day. And, and I have to see the fans go through that, and I think it's really unfair, and I think it's super unfortunate to see people have to go through this the way that the current model of the ACC network is set up, that, you know, Syracuse games are really not ideal to the ACC, especially when it comes to football. And so it's becoming, I think, harder and harder for fans to watch games, which has been really, really uh, a black mark of this, this ACC network, you know, is that these games are not easily there for your viewing pleasure unless you want to spend more money and sometimes the games get blacked out people you know have complained about the feeds and and not everybody wants to stream things right some people want to just be able to turn on their good old television and they want to be able to watch so you know i definitely feel for the fans and i feel terrible for them and you know as a media person it's it's not any easier in those situations right for away games especially so i think that you know the acc network which had so much hope and, and so much, you know, weight to it and what it could be and what it maybe should be as compared to what it truly is are different things. And I know that, you know, I, I know that, that fans want to see a difference. And I would love to see if, if they're going to, you know, keep this ACC network where Syracuse, most of Syracuse's games are going to be relegated to, that the least that they can do is have a separate app or something where you don't have to have cable because the big thing about cable is a lot of people have gotten rid of it and in getting rid of cable in order to watch these acc network games you have to get it back or you have to get youtube tv and that's gotten costly right around 70 dollars a month i believe maybe 80 dollars a month and then you know fubo tv can give you the acc network but that could also also cost you know almost $70. I think it is $69.99 right now. So it's really not feasible for a lot of people, especially people that got rid of cable, right? You got rid of cable for a reason so that you didn't have to deal with this nonsense. And now here you are dealing with this nonsense. So I think that that's something that's looming in the background, at least for the fan, is that the ACC network has been undesirable if you're one of those teams that's not on primetime, not on ESPN, not on ABC that's not readily visible, right? One of those teams like Syracuse that has been relegated to all these other portions of it, the ESPN Pluses and ACC networks of the world, which makes it harder and harder to watch the games. And it's not fun for people. And when your fans are getting frustrated wanting to watch your games and your team is losing, it's a, it's a double negative and it doesn't make a positive. So, you know, that's something that I would like to see get adjusted in some way, shape or form. You know, beyond that, on the eve of the ACC kickoff, you know, like I was talking about before, it's realignment, right? What, What's going to happen when it comes to realignment? Where are we going to be in, you know, where are we going to be in two weeks? Where are we going to be in a couple months? Where are we going to be next year and down the road, right? And this realignment talk is, is constantly moving, right? There's a lot of, There's a lot of schools that have changed or will change. The list of realignment has gotten really crazy. And, you know, I said that the two biggest moves the ACC can make are to keep Clemson and to get Notre Dame to come in for football. Now, allegedly, what's come up in the last few hours is that Notre Dame and NBC are negotiating a deal, an extension here. And uh, according to what's going on right now, uh, Notre Dame allegedly is currently in negotiations with NBC seeking a new grant of rights deal that would pay the school $75 million annually. And that contract would not only keep them with the Big Ten and the SEC in terms of their grant of rights payout, but it would also allow them 
to exercise independence and scheduling so they'd be able to stay independent and make just as much money. And if the NB and, and listen, I don't see how NBC doesn't give Notre Dame what they want because they've had this deal with Notre Dame forever. Why would NBC want to give that up, right? It's great ratings for them. It's a great opportunity to call themselves the home of Notre Dame football. So why would they want to give this up? I can't see any reason why they would want to give up such a thing. And if they do decide to keep it, then, you know, we look at the situation of Notre Dame. See, the thing about Notre Dame is there's other independent schools, but those other independent schools, they don't have it like Notre Dame has it, right? And BYU is going to be joining the Big 12 on July 1st, 2023 in football, so they're not going to be independent anymore. And so there's only a few independents that are left, right? Navy was independent in football for over 100 years. They gave that up to join the American Athletic Conference, and to be a part of that, they had immediate success within the American Athletic Conference, which says a lot about, you know, what's gone on with them and what they've done up to this point. But you take a look at the other schools that are independent right now, right? So BYU is giving it up. We've already seen it, it given up by the likes of Navy. And so now you say, okay, so which teams are still independent in the grand scheme of things and you know those teams that have been independent here that that are still independent at this point as that list seems to dwindle more and more although a, did, a team did add into it kind of by mistake I would say from what I know about the situation you have Notre Dame you have Army you have Liberty you have New Mexico State UMass and UConn and, you know, UConn is the one that I brought up, right? When they went to leave the American Athletic Conference, the notion was that they wanted to go back to the Big East because they wanted Big East basketball for men's and women's side, right? They want you know, go back to the Garden, have all this and, and whatnot. And what UConn thought from all of the conversations I've had is that UConn thought that they could keep football in the American Athletic Conference, that they could essentially say to the American, we're taking all other sports and we're going to stay here with our football team. Well, the football team won one to three games a year. Okay, It was the worst team in all of the American Athletic Conference. It added no value to the American Athletic Conference as far as, comp- as, far as competitive value. When we talk about that, right, you hear Nick Saban talk about competitive value. And that's not something that UConn was offering at all. Where their competitive value was, was in their other sports, and namely women's basketball, obviously, and men's basketball at times. And so to take all of that away and say, well, we're going to leave our football program here, Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, said if you're going to take all of it, you're taking football with it. Like, if you're, like, basically, if we're breaking up, you're not leaving your shoes in my closet, right? You're not leaving your box of pictures. You're not leaving your mom's favorite robe here at my house. If you're leaving, you're leaving. And so now UConn's independent by, you know, really the crappy position they put themselves in. And you think about this, when they were in the American Athletic Conference, they were winning one to three games a year. As an independent school, their first season was last year because they were the first school in the country, I believe, in FBS, Division I football to decide not to play due to COVID. So when they decided that back in 2020, they just sat and watched everybody. Most teams eventually play, most conferences eventually play. And then here you go. With the first season that they're independent, they go 1-11, and the same record as UMass, and people schedule UMass to beat them, right? So now UConn and UMass are footnotes of the FBS. New Mexico State was 2-10 and last year. The Liberty Flames have come on as of late with Hugh Freeze, which has been fantastic to watch. Armies come back, and they're winning. They won nine games last season. They got ranked in the top 25 for the first time in a very long time last year. And then you have BYU and Notre Dame, but BYU's given that up. And so you have Notre Dame at 11-2 and last year. And everything that they've done and all the successes that they've had, if Notre Dame, who's already been independent, who's already had success being independent, if you put them in a situation where NBC pays them the type of money that the Big Ten or the SEC could offer them in the grant of rights deal annually, then they'll stay independent forever. You know, and that's... uh, The Big Ten is looking at renegotiating its grant of rights deal, and we'll see what happens here. Now, Notre Dame, though, 
it's nothing is set here but their deal expires in 2025 and as i told you all to pay attention notre dame's deal with nbc expires in 2025 there's no college football playoff i think after 2026 because they haven't agreed on an extension of the college football playoff as it currently stands so the college football playoffs around yeah, is up in 2026 Notre Dame's deal with NBC is up in 2025. Oklahoma and Texas are joining the SEC as of right now in 2025. So everything's happening around the same time. And I said, don't think that any of that's by coincidence that we're seeing these moves being made at this time. So, you know, you look at Notre Dame and you say, okay, well, they have between now and 2025, they have three years to negotiate. But looking at what's going on right now, CBS has stated that allegedly Notre Dame seeking a deal of $75 million a year. And right now, Notre Dame's current deal with NBC has an annual payout of $15 million. Okay, that's ballsy. But Notre Dame can be ballsy because they're, they have a special set of rules, right? They can get into the college football playoff even though they don't have a conference. And what do other schools get told? What did, get, what did Cincinnati get told two years ago? What did UCF get told? You know, your conference isn't strong enough. Well, Notre Dame doesn't even have a conference. And when Notre Dame, and they're all, well, Notre Dame plays a tough schedule. No, they play a tough schedule on paper. They play a tough schedule allegedly, right? Because, or historically. You know, they play Stanford. Stanford's not ranked in the top 25. Well, Dan, they used to be good. Well, they play USC. Well, USC used to be. And it's like, I don't care what they used to be 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. You know, you look at I had somebody argue that to me. They're like, well, you know, on paper, Notre Dame plays a lot of tough teams. Okay. But are those teams ranked in the top 25? The first time that Notre Dame made the college football playoff, they beat nobody. And their two blowouts were against Florida State, who was trending downward. That was the beginning of them trending downward. And Syracuse was out was without Eric Dungy, and they were playing that game in South Bend. That game against Syracuse. And besides that, I mean, they barely beat Vanderbilt. They barely beat Ball State. It's like, come on here. And they're not they weren't beating ranked teams that year and they got totally embarrassed in the college football playoff. So, you know, to me, Notre Dame, they go twelve and zero. they go eleven and one, people are gonna have the conversation. They had the conversation about should they choose them over Cincinnati last year. And Cincinnati beat them head to head in South Bend by double digits. I would think a head-to-head victory would 100% destroy the argument that Notre Dame should get in over Cincinnati, but people are still talking about it because Notre Dame has that lure. But if Notre Dame is really asking for a $60 million annual increase from NBC, that's astronomical. You know, I know when, when somebody goes for a job, right, and they know they're going to get paid a lot more at this new job, but they, they go to their current boss and they say, hey, you know, let's... You know, can you get up to this number, right? You pay me fifty thousand a year. They're offering me eighty-two. Can you get to at least seventy-five or eighty, right? And maybe you already know that answer, but you ask anyways because maybe you're not gung ho about leaving, right? And you've been there for a while, and so Notre Dame saying give us a 60 million dollar a year increase that's insane it's asinine it's ridiculous but it's notre dame and like i said you know they have a special set of rules they have an avenue to the college football playoff that conferences don't even have and they're independent right they're the only school that has any deal like this where they get 100 percent of the money and they get to work with a major broadcast network and they don't have to share with anybody and they have their other sports within the ACC so they get to share money in the ACC so the ACC gives them money for being in the conference and they get money for football so they're getting money in two different places all these other schools they're getting money from being in the conference right the grant of rights deal the payout from that right the Big Ten gives X amount of dollars the ACC gives X amount of dollars the SEC gives X amount of dollars and some people say they should tier it and that would make sense, right? I think Clemson should make more than Syracuse. I think that Alabama should make more than Vanderbilt. That makes perfect sense, right? Ohio State should make more than Rutgers. So I agree with that, you know, wholeheartedly. But getting back to my point, when you're in a conference, right, as a full member, 
the money that you make is the money that comes in in total and gets divvied up, right, split up. In the case of the ACC, you have 15 member schools. So Notre Dame gets money from the ACC for their other sports, and they get 100% of the NBC money. It's the most unfair deal, but Notre Dame's gotten away with it forever, and why would they give it up now? But if they have an annual payout right now of $15 million from NBC and they're renegotiating to make it $75 million, they could already know that the answer from the NBC is no, and then they could just say, well, you know, that's why we're deciding to join a conference. Maybe they're using it as an avenue. Or maybe, may, you know, I think in this negotiation, the Big Ten's probably told them this is what we're going to pay you. Maybe the SEC's called them too. I think they make sense in the Big Ten. Maybe the ACC said we'll give you 30. Maybe the Big Ten said we'll give you 70. Right? And so then you go back and say, okay, you know, NBC, this is what we're getting offered. The Big Ten can offer us the most. This is, you know, this makes sense for us geographically. And this is where we're at. And I'm just, you know, obviously giving an example here. If I was Notre Dame, because asking for a $60 million increase must mean that you know what you're getting offered and you want to see if NBC can come back. You know, maybe they want to stay with NBC. Maybe they want to stay independent. And But I don't know if NBC is going to go that high. Now, if they do, you know, they would they would obviously, there's the thought that they're looking at more, right, pre- and post-game content. So... This is a very interesting situation. Now, Fox is currently in negotiations with the Big Ten, potentially as the primary network. Okay. Now, NBC is allegedly in the mix, too. So, if NBC works out a deal with the Big Ten and they can't pay Notre Dame $75 million or whatever they're asking for, then this can make sense here. So, I mean, this is the thing. It seems like the NBC is going to have to spend money no matter what, right? Because the ESPN has deals with the ACC, right? And so, and you look at Fox and ESPN as the two major places. And and I think as a fan, we talk about you know ESPN Plus and ECC Network and all these things that make it difficult to watch the games. When I hear Apple TV, I hear oh my god, because then you know people are going to have to get Apple and they're going to have to download it. And what if the app's not on there? And what if they can't get this? And what if it's blocked out in the area? CBS Sports Network is blocked out in certain areas. You would think it's the internet, so you would think it's no area, right? You would think if you're down in Florida, that a game might be blocked out on linear television, normal television, right? But I was in Florida trying to watch a Syracuse-UConn game that was in UConn, in Connecticut. And when I finally jumped through a million hoops to get on the CBS Sports Network, finally got in, finally clicked on it, finally worked. It said Syracuse-UConn is blacked out in your area. I was like, I'm on the internet. I'm on the internet. Isn't the internet everywhere? So... The whole point of the internet streaming is that I could stream the game from anywhere, and the game was blacked out on the internet. It would make sense to be down in Florida and have them say, Syracuse, UConn is blacked out here, because we're in Florida, and there's not enough for us to put it on television. But on the internet, I thought that that was a no-brainer. I thought that that's what the internet was for, right, was to stream all of these opportunities that you wouldn't be able to see on television. So, you know... I just find it very strange that, you know, CBS Sports Network is the way that it is and how difficult it is to get some of these games. But, you know, you're looking at NBC and you're looking at Fox. Now, NBC and Fox both made a deal with the USFL, with the USFL being, you know, playing this season. And, yes, we already know that ESPN well, that Disney, who owns ESPN and all the ESPN's pieces and ABC, has made a deal with the XFL, who's coming back in 2023. So we know that, you know, Disney and all of that has that side of it. Fox Sports is still on its own because even though 
you can argue that Disney has a monopoly monopoly times a million. They don't have ESPN and Fox, so Fox can negotiate their deals. And then you know, and then NBC is trying to come into the mix of all this. And then you wonder where CBS is going to try to land itself. But you know, you look at this and say, okay, if NBC is negotiating with Notre Dame, and Notre Dame says, okay, we'll stay independent if you give us seventy-five million dollars, and it's a sixty million dollar increase. You have to look at feasibility, right? What if they go to the Big Ten and the Big Ten's like, yeah, we don't need that. You know what I mean? Like we don't. But it's it depends on how much money is going to be and what it's going to do. It could be enticing for NBC to get USC, UCLA, and all these other games. So the thing is, do they want to lose Notre Dame? What if they lose the Notre Dame and they gain the Big Ten, right? What if they don't get the Big Ten, but they get to keep Notre Dame? What if they can't get Notre Dame the amount of money Notre Dame wants, so then Notre Dame joins the Big Ten, and then they make a deal with the Big Ten seat? NBC can win in this, because if NBC says to Notre Dame, we can't give you this huge increase, and then they negotiate with the Big Ten, and it makes more sense to them, and they're going to make more money off of that, and then Notre Dame goes, okay, well, we're not getting $75 million, and that's what let's say the Big Ten was offering them, so let's just join the conference, because like I said, I think Notre Dame is jockeying. I think Notre Dame already knows what the Big Ten wants to offer them, so they went back to NBC and said, can you can you hit this number? Just like I said, you go back to your current boss and say, you know, I've been offered this, can you hit this number, or else I'm going to take this job. So I think, you know, Notre Dame wins either way, because if NBC can't match the number, and they join the Big Ten because of it, and the Big Ten says, well, we're going to pay that to you, then Notre Dame got an increase, right? And then if NBC somehow comes back to Notre Dame and goes, no, we'll pay it to you to stay independent, then Notre Dame could say, okay, so now we don't have to worry about joining a conference, and we could and we could stay the way that we have been, right, and the way that our history is. We could be one of the only independent schools in the country, and really – the relevant one. The only other relevant one is BYU, and BYU is joining the Big 12. And Liberty's been relevant within the last few seasons with Malik Willis and company, but Notre Dame is the only one that has that route to the college football playoff. So, you know, this is really, you know, Notre Dame, and they and the thing about Notre Dame is they have time. But where does this go into the ACC? Right, how does this go into the ACC? Well, it goes into the ACC because the ACC has Notre Dame for every other sport. <sighs> right? They have Notre Dame as, a, as, as an almost full member. All the other fo- programs that they compete in are in the ACC, but not football. And not having football... I mean, the ACC has Notre Dame, but they are lacking their biggest part of their, part of their portfolio. I don't think any conference should allow Notre Dame to have any of their sports in there unless they bring in football. I think that conferences need to put their foot down. I think the ACC needs to say, we're not going to share money with your Olympic sports and basketball. If you don't have the football here, then screw you, right? Because why should we be sharing money with you when the biggest thing that can be a return on investment for us, you're keeping from us. You know, it doesn't make sense. It's like Disney saying, we'll we'll share revenue with you from our food carts and our restaurants, but we won't share revenue from the Magic Kingdom. You can have 2% of the hot dog sales, but you can't have any money that we make from the Magic Kingdom. You know? It's like, well, and then they argue, well, you have a piece of us. Yeah, but we don't have the main point. I mean, Mike Bray has made basketball relevant with Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's, you know, women's basketball team has been relevant as well. The biggest piece, though, is the football team. And, you know, the ACC, I think, brought them in with hopes that they could eventually woo them. And then in 2020, you know, they bail out Notre Dame. Okay, hey, you owe us one, and we're going to get rid of divisions, which they're going to do next year again, but this time for good. And Notre Dame's going to join the conference officially as a football member. 
So they got Notre Dame to agree to a one-year deal, and Notre Dame got to see what it feels like. So if you're the ACC, you got to get Notre Dame. The ACC gets Notre Dame, they jump to the top of the discussion because now you have Clemson and Notre Dame. But if you don't get Notre Dame, then you go to the other side of the discussion of not if, but when are Cle- when is Clemson leaving? When is Florida State leaving? When is Miami leaving? When is Louisville leaving? Louisville's been to a million different conferences. When will the poaching start? And see, Notre Dame, again, with these special set of rules, they can wait three years because their grant of rights with, the NBC, with NBC is done in 2025. But if they're asking to renegotiate right now and they're asking for a massive increase that's more than double, don't you think there's a reason for that? If they're really asking to go from $15 million a year from NBC to $75 million, that's five times what they're being paid right now. They're asking for a five-time increase. Five times what they make. They're asking for their payment to be more than quadrupled. And they're asking for it now when they have three years left on the contract. Why do you think that is? Because I think that they want to see if NBC will put up the money. Because they know the Big Ten will. And if NBC says we can't, well, then they go to the Big Ten. So what did Jermaine say? Oh, yeah, Dan, remember when you watch streaming platforms, including ESPN, you definitely have to make sure you run with proper services. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If you're on the Internet, you should be able to pick up games. That's the whole point of streaming. If you're a Syracuse fan and you don't live in Syracuse, you should be able to watch the game. And if you're a Syracuse fan and you live in Syracuse, you should be able to watch the game. (laughs) Greg says ACC needs to step up their woo game to Ric Flair levels in order to get Notre Dame. Yeah, you know, and, and and that is true. That is more than true. You know, I don't know what the ACC does to woo Notre Dame. I don't know if there's anything they can do because the grant of rights deal with ESPN is awful. Because if you are a school and you try to leave between now and 2036, no matter what conference you go to, you have to pay 100% of your media rights back to the ACC. So whatever money you make, so if you were Syracuse and you left the current grant of rights deal, if you left the ACC with the current grant of rights deal, if Syracuse did that and went to the Big Ten, they would have to pay the ACC from now to 2036 for the next 14 years, even though they're in the Big Ten. So no matter what you do in the other conference, you have to pay the money to the ACC. So basically the ACC said, whether you're with us or whether you leave us, we're going to get your money no matter what. So Syracuse goes to the Big Ten, let's say. They're still pay- they have to pay the ACC. They have to pay them and... and it could affect their home games being put on television and some of their non-conference games. So if somebody in the ACC right now were to leave for another conference the way the grant of rights deal it currently is, you would have to pay all your media rights back to the ACC still. So why leave if you have to give them all your money? And on top of all of that, you would have some games blacked out. So the ACC would take your money and then prevent people from watching you and punish you repeatedly until the deal's up in 2036. So... And and Jermaine, to your point, they don't stream Syracuse games in Memphis... If a game is on the ACC network, then anybody that has the ACC network should be able to pick up the game. So, you know, ESPN Plus runs multiple games at the same time, and so you should be able to pick it up, right? And the biggest problem is that Syracuse fans living in Syracuse can't watch Syracuse games. And then people say, well, why don't you go up to the Dome? Well, not everybody can go up to the Dome. 
right? Some people are in wheelchairs. And the dome, if you've ever been there before, is not very kind to people that have a handicap, have crutches, have wheelchairs, right? On top of that, the dome, not everybody can go, right? Not everybody can get up there. My grandmother loves all things Syracuse. And when she was here on Earth, was she going to take her walker and go up the hill at 99 years old? So, you know, the whole point of Syracuse games was that if if there was a game, it was on television. Not the women's games, because they weren't given the respect, which was ridiculous and should have never happened. And it still does. But men's basketball and football was always on television. You never had to worry about that. You never had to worry about that. And the ACC Network has stolen games from fans. You know, it hasn't been a blessing to have the ACC Network. It's been it's been an Achilles heel of the ACC. And this grant of rights deal, and it being so one-sided to ESPN, this is also another hurtful thing. So, you know, I think the ACC has a lot to work on when it comes to the network. I think they have a lot to work on when it comes to Notre Dame. And as we get set for what's coming up here... Jim Phillips, the commissioner, is going to be speaking, and I'm excited to hear what he has to say. I'm definitely interested about what he has to say, you know. And and when you look at different things that are going on and revenue gaps and whatnot, some of these schools. I mean, if you decide to take the ECC to court, you could see if you can maybe get out of some of this stuff. You know, all the media rights of all the schools are tied to each other in the current ACC grant of rights deal with ESPN from now through 2036. But the thing is, how do you generate more revenue for the Atlantic Coast Conference to make it more enticing, right? Because if you're a school, why would you leave when you are going to owe your media rights, right? You heard about that with Oklahoma and Texas, right? To, to owe your media rights. And why would you want to do that? Why would you have to have, why would you want to have games blacked out? Why would you want to cost yourself in the pocketbook and why would you want to black out your games? You wouldn't. So you don't. But if there's a loophole, there's a way out. Or if there's a way to make more money, right? How can the ACC generate more revenue? So, when we look at where the ACC goes from here, you know, Jim Phillips has talked about the fact that, you know, they're not hiding that Notre Dame is a viable, you know, option and that they could pursue them, but nothing's been done yet. And right now, If conferences can give more money to Notre Dame, then it makes more sense for Notre Dame to go elsewhere. So, you know, the things I'm looking forward to beyond all this stuff that's going on and realignment and the college football playoff and and this, that, and the third is that each of these schools has something for me to be excited about. And, you know, I cover every single school inside of the Atlantic Coast Conference. And so my full coverage of the ACC, I'm really excited about everything that I'm going to get to do this week. I love this week. And there's a lot of new coaches that I'll have the opportunity to talk with, which I'm excited about as well. You know, and it's just kind of interesting to me. I mean, this is Jeff Collins, right? His third year with Georgia Tech. So I have an opportunity to speak with Jeff Collins and continue our conversations that we started when he was at Temple for a couple seasons. And then uh, not only that, but Mike Norvell, who I had at Memphis for four years, him and I have the opportunity to continue our conversations as he starts year three at Florida State 
interesting, though, that it's year three because in year two, Florida State played less games. Remember, they notoriously canceled some games, canceled the Clemson game when Clemson was in town. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting for me to see these American Athletic Conference coaches come to the ACC. Uh, Dave Clawson, I always love talking to Dave Clawson. Wake Forest doesn't get the respect that they deserve, so I'm looking forward to that. Dabo Sweeney, I love his faith. I, I love talking with him about things bigger than football, so I'm excited to, uh, you know, get to speak with him and, and definitely pick his brain um, when it comes to collegiate athletics and the, the future of the overall picture of college athletics, what he has to say. Uh, Mac Brown at North Carolina, uh, he's, he's definitely been a treasure to talk to since he came back in his second time, second stint with North Carolina. So I always love talking to him. Dave Doran, uh, totally underappreciated coach at, at NC State, in my opinion. He wins and he has a he, – he not only finds talent, he finds talent. He, he can see a kid in high school and with his staff find talent in high school that not only is going to pay off dividends in NC State but is going to be successful in the NFL. And the thing is, I mean, he, he's got an eye for it. Because it's not like they send a couple guys to the NFL from NC State, you know, two every 12 years. They're consistently sending guys to the NFL, and they're sending notable guys to the NFL, guys that become starters, guys that could become captains, guys that are high draft picks. And so I definitely respect uh, Dave Doran, Pat Narduzzi. Can't wait to talk with Servasier Dennis from my alma mater, Christian Brothers Academy. Always love talking to Pat Narduzzi. And love the fact that he still recruits uh, Central and Upstate New York, that he's one of the coaches that does. Uh, Jeff Halfley with Boston College, right? Their quarterback is back, so what's that going to look like? Scott Satterfield, you know, has he kind of allegedly been on the hot seat this entire time because of the fact that, you know, coaches talk to other schools, right, and look at other opportunities, but his was made public when he was only at uh, Louisville for a season. So where do we go from here? And with new management coming in, he really doesn't have any incumbent boss that has his back. So what is that going to look like for Louisville? Dino Babers is going into year seven at Syracuse. He only has one winning season, and he did that with Scott Schaefer's recruits. So what's that going to look like? And then we have new coaches that are coming in here. And uh, we have... Brent Pry at Virginia Tech, who spent eight seasons with Penn State, and six of those eight seasons he was their defensive coordinator. And then we have Virginia also getting a new head coach in Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott has spent 11 seasons with Clemson, his last 11 seasons with Clemson. He's a first-year head coach uh, coming into the season in 2022. He was the running backs coach from 2011 to 2014 at Clemson. Then he was the co-offensive coordinator from 2015 to 19 and the offensive coordinator by himself for the last two seasons. And then we look at the fact that Duke has stepped away from longtime quarterback guru David Cutcliffe. They decided to mutually part ways, and Mike Elko is coming in to Duke here. And Elko uh, was the defensive coordinator at Bowling Green, Wake Forest, Notre Dame, and most recently Texas A&M. For the last four seasons, so a big-time hire here as Texas A&M figured out a way to beat Alabama, and the defensive side of the ball helps you out in that, right? So you look at uh, his his track record and where he's gotten to work, and already working within the conference at Wake Forest and within the state of North Carolina, uh, working with Notre Dame, who we've been mentioning a lot with the ACC, and then being at Texas A&M for the last four seasons. So I'm excited to meet and get to talk with Mike Elko for the first time as well, and. I mentioned uh, Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech and Mike Norvell at Florida State, guys that I had connections to when they were in the American, and then coming over into the ACC. And then, you know, to look at the fact that uh, there's also another new head coach in Mario Cristobal, who comes to Miami after five seasons at Oregon. So, you know, we look at Mario Cristobal, who's having a homecoming. He played linebacker at Miami, and he won national championships at Miami in 1989 and 1991. And uh, while at Oregon, he had a 35-13 record and 2-2 two and two in the postseason in bowl games. So a lot of good stuff coming up here, a lot of new coaches inside of the ACC. And ironically, the four new head coaches 
in the ACC make up for more than half of the Coastal Division. There's no new coaches in the Atlantic Division of the ACC. They're all in the Coastal. Brent Pry at Virginia Tech, Tony Elliott at Virginia, Mario Cristobal at Miami, and Mike Elko at Duke. So that's also a really cool nugget there as the ACC returns all of their coaches, including Davo Sweeney of Clemson, who's looking to bounce back in some people's minds, even though they finished 10-3 and last year and defeated Iowa State of the Big 12 in the Cheez-It Bowl, which I always find interesting that Cheez-Its have a bowl game, but it's crazy. Must be a lot of people buying boxes of Cheez-Its for, what, 2 bucks, two fifty, two ninety nine to make that bowl a possibility. But, yeah, Clemson having an off year and a bad year to some people because they went 10-3. and three. I, I know a lot of people that would love to have bad years be 10-3 and three seasons where you win a bowl game. So uh, it'll be good to talk with all the coaches. Uh, the Atlantic Division is first here on Wednesday, July 20th, and on Thursday, July 21st here in Charlotte, North Carolina. We have the Coastal Division, and we also have the Commissioner's Forum with Jim Phillips. So we have the opportunity to speak with uh, them. I'm looking forward to hopefully speaking with the Commissioner and obviously uh, speaking with every single one of the 14 representatives in football for the ACC, as there's a lot to get into. Uh, Their thoughts on college football realignment, their thoughts on name, image, and likeness, their thoughts on where the NCAA is heading, college football playoff expansion, or keeping it the way that it is, as well as the transfer portal, and this being the last season of divisions inside of the ACC as they look at the new 3-5-5 model coming up as of next season, which will allow every single school to play each other twice every four years, and for each school to have three permanent teams that they play in the ACC yearly, and then have five on, five off. So every year, Syracuse, for example, will play Boston College, Pittsburgh, and Florida State, and then they'll play half of the ten remaining ACC schools in year one. Let's say this is year one, or just you know, 2022 or 2023. They'll play half, and then they'll play the other half in 2024, and then in 2025 they'll go back with the other schools, and whoever was home would be away, and whoever's away would be home, and then they do the same thing in 2026 when they would play the teams of 2024 and whoever was at home would be away and away be at home. So if you go to school at any one of these uh, ACC institutions and you play football for four seasons, the cool part of it is you'll be able to play every single team inside of the ACC twice if you stay for four seasons and you'll play them home and home. So if you're at Syracuse for four years, you're going to play Miami twice, and you're going to see them in the Dome, and that's unheard of. So uh, moments like that are going to be really cool and really interesting if Miami does indeed stay inside of the ACC. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the background, a lot of stuff in the foreground. Definitely a different feel to every other ACC kickoff I've been to because it has always felt like the ACC is at the top of, is at the, top of the heap, right? And they're vying to be the number one conference in the country or the number two, you know, in the top two conferences in the country. And uh, definitely you feel the weight of, you know, the ACC and, and the lure of the ACC and the prominence of the ACC. And for the first time ever, I'll be going to an ACC kickoff where the ACC is the only one of the quote unquote power conferences that hasn't made a move yet to gain anybody in expansion or or to lose any schools uh, through realignment. So this is a unique ACC kickoff because the question is how powerful is the ACC? What can they do to gain more money? What are they doing to make things better for the fans like the ACC Network and ESPN Plus? How are they going to schedule their games? How far along are they with Notre Dame in contract discussions? Are they anywhere in contract discussions? Do they have a shot against the Big Ten, like a real viable shot to get Notre Dame? How real are these rumors about Clemson and Florida State and Miami and company potentially leaving the conference? Would they have a plan if those schools left? Would they look at expanding? Where would they expand? What schools would they reach out to? What would they do with the grant of rights? And... Where are they heading as as we step forward here? There's a lot of questions to be answered, and I'm excited to be able to ask a bunch of these questions to the ACC coming up here this week as Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora spends ACC kickoff week 
in the heart of Charlotte, North Carolina. Happy to be here in the Queen City. Happy to have you with me. And be sure to watch tomorrow morning as Wake Up Call will be airing a very special bonus broadcast with a very special guest that I'm not telling anybody about. Even when you see that video, you're not going to see the person right away until I turn that camera. And tomorrow is also a giant celebration in less than an hour. Dan Tortora Broadcast Media will be celebrating our 10-year anniversary. So you don't want to miss what's coming up with that and the awesome stuff that we have planned with that. So I'm definitely looking forward to sharing that with you. In the meantime, I want to implore you to be with us uh, every single week, Monday through Friday, from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This week, we're different because of the ACC scheduling and all the interviews that I'm doing during the day. We are flipping the script here and going from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. so that you can talk to me at the end of the day here for ACC kickoff so I can give you my thoughts on what I've seen and what I've heard and what's going on. So it definitely gives you uh, more value here to have me at night so I can talk about, you know, what, I, what I've seen and, and what's, what's uh, happened so far. And then obviously we'll be airing our conversations uh, throughout the next couple of weeks. So on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, you're watching and listening on YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, Facebook.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, and on Facebook.com backslash Live Now DT. And of course, you're listening on MixLR.com backslash Wake Up Call DT, and on the homepage of Wake Up Call DT.com. You can search Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora or one word Wake Up Call DT on Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, Podbean iTunes and Apple Podcasts, MixLR, TuneIn, Podvine, Player FM, Stitcher, Spotify, and YouTube. All you have to do on any one of these outlets is search Wake Up Call with DT, or Wake Up Call DT is one word, or Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. We give a proud thanks to all of our central and upstate New York partners and beyond, Cafe Kubal, Carvel DeWitt, The Wildcat Sports Pub, PB&J's Lunchbox, Canine Camp Dog Daycare, Witty Wicks, Avicoli's, Canine Campground Dog Boarding, Monpa's Kettle Corn and Popcorn Factory, Honda City of Liverpool, Pizza Man, Chick-fil-A Cicero and Chick-fil-A Clay, Mother's Cupboard, and Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora is the proud multimedia marketing partner exclusively of your Lemoyne College Dolphins. You can get more information on our Lemoyne tab on wakeupcalldt.com. Exclusive multimedia marketing partner of the Marywood University Pacers. You can click on Marywood on wakeupcalldt.com and the exclusive multimedia marketing partner of the Brian and Stratton College Bobcats of Syracuse. And you can get their content by going to the BSC SYR tab on wakeupcalldt.com. You can get content with all three of our fantastic partnerships here with these wonderful colleges and universities by subscribing to our YouTube channel for all of that and more on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt. With that being stated here, I want to thank you for being a part of the show on the eve of ACC kickoff. You can be sure to follow me on Facebook at wakeupcalldt, Twitter at calldt, and Instagram at wakeupcall underscore dt for information, pictures, and videos of the entire feel of the ACC kickoff. And of course, you can get my thoughts on all 14 schools as I will be in attendance and asking questions, God willing, to every single one of these 14 member institutions of the ACC for football. And in the meantime, as always, God bless, no stress, do your best. From the Cafe Kubal Studios, my Witty Wicks Summer and Cuse Candle is lit bright here as we are excited to be here on site on location in Charlotte, North Carolina, where the city is always lit bright. Shout out to the Queen City. Thanks to Witty Wicks, to Cafe Kubal, and to all of our fantastic partners. We look forward to talking with you soon, and have yourselves a fantastic night. I'll see you from the ACC kickoff.